gods will bow before my master as we proclaim him in the land. Every tongue will openly confess Starting to change, starting to turn into something like a weapon. Everybody realizes God is making a change. He's calling us higher in the cell. No turning back from here, there's no coming on. There's something just gonna wake up in your night. Jesus. Moving across this land And His Spirit is coming through this time Lord of all the time We've been waiting for this hour A billion souls were waiting to see it come We're moving on this hour Way far into the end times right now It's not coming, it's right on us now Just stand and shout it out Anyway, I want to introduce a great friend. He's been like a mentor. We met Bobby, goodness, I used to be Rick Joyner's ministry assistant 100 years ago. But anyway, Bobby, Bobby, you know, we met and then we went to Bullard and we got in some conferences with Bobby and Carolyn. And then we did this thing in Mobile called the Mobile School of the Spirit. And Bobby and Bob Jones would always come over. And anyway, we, 
He's prophesied over our children and over our lives, and he's been such a great man that I'm just so thankful for Bobby Connor. Now, you don't know this, but he has not been out for over 200 days. He took Isaiah 26 serious. Come away and hide into your chambers for a little moment. Would you welcome Bobby Connor? God bless you, David. Thank you, man. Amen. God bless you. What a day to be alive. Oh, never been a day like this. Aren't you excited? I really am. I can feel it. Hey, y'all done some remodeling here since I've been. Now, this looks nice. Uh, got some beautiful trees. Well, we're glad you're here. Did you know that before you were created, God didn't knew that you were going to be sitting in that chair? That's what it says. Scripture says all of our days are written in his book before we've ever lived a single one of them. Somewhere back in eternity past, God picked up his pen and wrote that you'd be sitting in that chair tonight. Wow, look out now. <laughs> okay, that, that would, this, this thing's got a trap door on it, hasn't it? Good Lord. Uh, I know a pastor, I won't say where he's at, but he's got a pulpit, he can put his hand here and a little door open. There's two pump shotguns in there and two Glocks fully loaded. Look out, that's true. But anyway, uh, we got something better than that, hadn't we? We got the blood of Jesus. And here, Romans 16.20, have you read Romans 16.20? Romans 16.20 said, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The God of peace. See, you, you don't need to out, try to outscream the devil. You know, that, he's not afraid of you. He's afraid of your elder brother. That's, so that's who the devil's afraid of. You understand that? He understands that he's defeated by the blood of Jesus. It was Jesus that spoiled principalities and powers and made an open show of them, triumphing over them in the cross. Did you know this? We're fighting from victory, not for victory. When our elder brother Jesus strung himself up on the cross, he cried out, It's finished! I'm so glad he didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it's finished. Everything that needed to be done is totally done. Nothing's left undone that should have been done. Say this with me, complete. Everything that needs to happen, he's finished it for us. What you and I need now, we need to study the word of God to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that doesn't have to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and find out what God has made available to us so we can access it. That's where Jeremiah 33, 3 comes in. Jeremiah 33, 3, God says, call unto me, I will answer you, I'll show you great and mighty. And it's a Hebrew that says, things that are fenced in, unaccessible, until you pray them into accessibility. I don't want to get to heaven and look back and go, wow, you mean we could have had all this? Man, listen, no good thing will the Lord withhold from those that are walking upright. And man, have you realized this? God really, really is for us. Now, uh, warfare uh, is not a very uh, pleasant subject, but we're up to our neck in warfare right now. And I'm telling you, that's really true because one, one reason I think is we got to, you know, we kind of got uh, where we sugarcoated the gospel and it got to be a super seeker friendly thing, you know. Uh, listen, listen, and I've, I've had people go, I don't want nothing to do with that warfare stuff. Get out of church. The Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violence sees it by force. Not bombs and bullets, that's ISIS way. Ours is prayer and fasting and holy living. Well, we've got my wife here, Carolyn. God bless you. How you doing? Yep. This is the longest time 
since we've been married that uh, we've been together. Honestly, uh, we've, uh, we've been married 56 years, and I've, uh, up until this, yes! Up until this year, I've averaged speaking five times a week for 50 years. Isn't that something? But I prophesied about it because, see, God won't do anything on earth without first revealing what he's going to do to his servants, the prophets. We welcome these that are uh, live streaming. Is that what they do? I, I don't know much about all that technology, but I'm going to tell you what. The Holy Ghost of God is going to go through the airwaves, through all of these fiber deals, and going to knock your socks off. I really mean that. You're going to feel. I, I don't want a God you can't feel. See, if I pull my hand in that electric socket, I'm going to feel something. I don't want a church where you get there and you don't feel nothing. I'm telling you, God wants us to feel him. You can feel the Lord. Really, you can. Uh, he, and if he has to, he can turn up the voltage. Yeah. Have you ever seen these guys, maybe you've seen movies where the man's on the operating table and he's comatose, you know, and the doctors, what do they do? They get out the paddles. While they do, they grease up the paddles and they holler, get back, wham! And if that ain't, they'll whack him again. And I'll tell you what, the church has been comatose long enough. Don't you know God's got the paddles oiled? And he's gonna pour out enough oil tonight that we can oil our shields. That's what it says, Isaiah 21, verse five. It says, arise, you warriors, and anoint your shields. Isaiah 21, five, arise you princes and all your shields because the deadly foe is at the door. Well, you understand in America right now, there's a whole force that would erase America as we've known it. I'm telling you, this, this uh, in a couple of weeks or whenever it is, November the 29th, I'll be 70, what, seven? Is that right? 77 years old. I want America back. Don't you? I want our country to get back to common sense. I, they're, they're, what idiot is going to defund the police while they're burning down the buildings? Some idiot, that, that's insane, don't you think? Now, have you noticed that, I'll tell you, our problem is we, we've been brainwashed by the propaganda in the evening media, the news. You, you can't believe a word they say. I'm telling you the honest to God truth, you can't. But I'm, I'm telling you, you can believe every word of the word of God. And God says that we're gonna come through this thing. When you come through the flood, through the fire. He said, I'll bring you into place, a wealthy place, a place for my provision. So um, believe it or not, for 26 years now, for 26 years now, on the Day of Atonement, I have a visitation from Jesus Christ. He'll come tell me some of the things that's gonna happen in the book. And I write it in a book called The Shepherd's Rod. Now, See, the Bible says God won't do anything on planet earth without first revealing what he's going to do to his servants of prophets. That's Amos 3.7. Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord will do nothing but reveal his secrets to his servants the, pro his servants, the prophets. And so uh, we're in the middle of what we prophesied. Now here's what happened to me. Uh, for the shepherd's rod, you write it a year in advance, you understand that. And so here it is. It's September the 30th, 2019. I'm over here in my home in um, Moravian Falls, up there in the mountains, and I'm just having a good time. I'm, I'm uh, just waiting on the Lord because we have these encounters on the Day of Atonement. And this is 2019, uh, September the 30th, 2019. And the Lord said, I want you 
to prepare my people to learn how to soar above the chaos and the confusion and the calamity of the earth. Now, see, there wasn't any pandemic then. There wasn't any plagues. There wasn't anything like that. You understand that? And God said, uh, I said, pandemics? And I wrote about it. In, the, in this book right here, I write, God said, you have prepared the people because I'm bringing a shake-up for a wake-up. And let, let me just, I'll just, I'll just read a bit of it to you in a moment. But here's what happened. The Lord said, I want you to learn them to soar on the wings of the wind. And it, says, it says we can soar and walk on the wings of the wind. He said, I want you to teach my people how to soar above the chaos and the mayhem that's going on on earth. We need that, don't we? We need to do, and it's, and it's Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as of eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. We've got to learn how to wait upon the Lord. See, here's what happened. God said, Let, I'll, just read it. I'll just read a bit of it to you. Is that okay? Yes, Bobby. Oh, man, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to put your, book on, your books on audio book. So I thought, oh, that, that, that'll be okay. So I was doing some of this uh, negotiating with some what they call uh, ghost readers, you know, people that can actually enunciate words and, you know, they speak uh, English. And so I was negotiating with them, and the Lord said, no, that's not what I told you. I told you to put your books on audiobook. So I said to myself, how hard could that be? And I got me in a studio, and I got me a big old... Uh, uh, screen up there and I got my big old fuzzy microphone they put some looked like a, a mink or something over it you know and so they said now when the light comes on take off oh lord it sounds like a first grade reader it was a very very cool day you know, it's, it's awful so well, I'm going to practice on y'all so I can get my here we go I'm reading now on page 21, September the 30th, 2019. I'm quietly sitting in my office in Moravian Falls, prayerfully preparing my heart to uh, be attuned to receive God's guidance for the theme and thrust of this year's shepherd tribe. The deep, my deep heartfelt cry is, oh Lord, speak, your servant is listening. That's Psalm, that's uh, Samuel 3, 1 Samuel 3, 9. And here's what God said, suddenly, extremely clear, the Holy Spirit powerfully declared, equip and prepare God's people to soar higher, instruct them how to walk on the wings of the wind, teach them how to soar above the chaos and the confusion of these days. I thought, man, that's, that's something. Teach them how to walk on the wings of the wind. And so help me, I just, was t I just typed that phrase on my computer, and my son, Sean, I think they're watching down in Texas right now, my son, Sean, called from Texas, and he said, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He said, above my house, there's thousands of hawks, and they're circling, and they're, they're riding on the wings of the wind. Isn't that amazing? He even held up his uh, photo, his uh, camera there, and I got to watch it on Facebook or whatever, FaceTime, whatever that thing is. But anyway, it, they say you may never see that but once in a lifetime. But God wants us to learn how to mount up with wings as of eagles. And he wants us to walk, run and not be weary. So listen, I'll just flip over here to the back a little bit. And uh, uh, God wants to teach us that in the midst of all this, he's in charge. And so I said, Lord, what's the, what's the deal? What, what's coming? And here, here's what he said. Now I'll get over here to chapter 3 and let me just read it to you. I wrote about pandemics. Was it one of those? Yeah, say yes. I write about a shaking here, I'll just, let me find it. Here we go. All right. Y'all not in a rush, are you? 
Now nah, we got all eons of eternity. Isn't that amazing? Here it is. This is page 83, chapter 3. A shake-up to create a wake-up. Shaking and sifting. Prepare, and prepare for swift shifts and turbulent turns. This shaking and sifting are not to hurt us, but rather to help us. God loves us too much to permit these things cluttering our lives. During this crucial time period, we do not need to be dealing with trivial things. We must focus on God's higher plans. It is time to rouse to reality. It says we've got to know what a crucial hour we're living in. It is high time that we wake up, rouse to reality. And I'm I'm telling you, it says salvation is nearer now than when we first believed and adhered to and trusted in Christ the Messiah. And so it's a shake up for a wake up. And then so uh, let me just re read it to you because he told me, he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, there's going to be, nations are going to be bewildered. It says, and upon the earth there will be distress of nations, bewilderment, perplexity, not knowing which way to turn at the roaring of the seas. Has the seas been roaring this season? But we've had more, what do you call them, hurricanes than we had in years and years. Men, men's hearts failing them for the things they see coming up on the earth. That's happening. And here's, here it is. It's written on page 91. There will be mighty, violent earthquakes in various places, famines. Pestilence, plagues, malignant and contagious or infectious epidemic diseases which are deadly and devastating. And I'm telling you, did that happen? Now, the reason I'm telling you this is if, if, the, if the judgment came and it did, uh, then the blessings are going to come. I mean, remember, this is a shake-up to produce a wake-up. And when this whole thing is done, when the whole process of God is finished, you and I are going to embrace a greater glory. What's coming is something we've never seen. I'm telling you, if anybody that has a prophetic ear, you can hear the Lord saying, get the people ready. We've never been where we're going now. One of the things that will keep you from laying hold of the new thing is thinking you've already got it. I'm here to tell you, we ain't seen nothing yet. God, God meant it when he said, I am going to fill this whole earth with the knowledge of the glory of my son. Wow. So get ready. It's a shake-up for a wake-up. And God said he loves us way too much to let us deal with trivial things. So he shut down a lot of trivial things, sports stadiums, bars, and all this kind of stuff. Isn't that amazing? But... Here's the deal. You say, well, uh, uh, you mean God did that? Well, we did it to ourselves. How did we do it to ourselves? We allowed truth to fall in the street. Your Bible says truth has fallen in the streets and justice stands far off. I'm telling you, truth, here's what, here's what I'm here to tell you. We better rescue truth so truth can rescue us. We need to rescue truth when there's pastors stands in pulpits and say, same-sex marriage is okay. It's not okay. It's an abomination to God. Now I'm telling you, we got to rescue truth. Truth has fallen in the street. Why do we need truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth. And that's what we, we've got to embrace truth. Truth is not a principle in a book. Truth is a person. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You and I need to embrace the truth. And the truth will embrace us. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them, that's us, by the truth. That word is truth. Sanctify means clean up, set apart for the service of God. Don't you want to be cleaned up, set apart for the service of God? Wow, it doesn't happen any other way than the word. The word of God is absolutely essential to clean us up, 
John 17, 17, sanctify them through the truth. That word is truth. Anyway, so uh, I, hope, I hope you'll get the shepherd's rod. Uh, it's, it's out there, shepherd's rod 2020. Man, and uh, uh, we just had the Day of Atonement for Shepherd's Rod uh, 2021. So uh, you, you, you'll never understand 2021 if you don't gra- get 2020. This is the preparation for what's coming for Shepherd's Rod 2021. Wow. Well, now let's, let's just talk about some stuff for a moment. You said, Bobby, do you think we're really under judgment? Uh, yes. What judgment do you think we're under, brother? Let's start with Isaiah 5.20. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe, woe, that means God's pronounced judgment, woe unto the nation that finds it easy to call good evil and evil good. That substitutes bitterness for, uh, for sweet and darkness for, and they take away light and put darkness. Are we there? Yeah, Isaiah 5.20. Woe, to, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness put, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Wow, we're there. I am excited though. Now, when I grew up, I never liked scrimmage uh, and I never liked sparring. I used to box. Now, sparring, uh, they put the gloves on you, you get in the ring, there's a ding! And you just you you just kind of you you know not you're not fighting you just play like you're fighting. I hated that. I mean you either fighting or you ain't fighting. And football, I never liked scrimmage. You know, where you're just playing. No, you're supposed to be played to win. You understand that? If you're not in this thing to win it, get out. God says, you're the head, not the tail. You're above only, not beneath. God is calling his warriors. I hope you're one of them. Now, listen, while I, while I was, uh, while I was uh, what do you call it? Sequestered. You talk about a mess. I finished four books, four books, 200 and something videos, and you can't even count the Zoom things we've done. But I've had a great time. But see, God says, be still and know that I am God. And so he gave us Psalms 46, 10, 11. Be still and know that I am God. So the world wouldn't get still, so God just put us on pause. And it's a great time to seek the Lord. He pushed us into Matthew 6, 6. Matthew 6, 6 says, if you're going to seek the Lord, get in the quietest room of your house, shut the door, and get to business. See, we, we put on, you know, we go, we're driving down, hallelujah. No, let's seek the Lord while he may be found. Let's get alone with God where God can really deal with the inner man. And boy, we gotta, we gotta ask God to search us and try us and make sure that and there's no wicked way in us. Isn't it Psalm 66, 18? Sure it is. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't listen to me. He won't hear me. So we need to start our prayer out. Psalms 139 verse 23. Search me, O God, and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in a way that's everlasting. God won't deal with us if we're contaminated. Come out from among them, said the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God, and you will be my sons and daughters, declares the Lord God Almighty. Wow. We, we need sanctification, don't we? Pop this one up there. 
2 Corinthians 7.1. Can you put that one on? Let 2 Corinthians 7.1. Having therefore these promises, dear, dearly beloved, let us purify ourselves from every bit of the contamination. There it is. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the reverential fear of God. We need that kind of cleanup, don't we? Search me, O God. Try me. See if there be any wicked way in me. And he says, having therefore these promises, beloved, let us purify ourselves. One translation of that says, let's bring our consecration to completeness. It says perfecting everything in the body and the spirit. That's what it talks about. Now, you say, well, Bobby, uh, what, what promise? What promise is going to promote purity like that? It's found in, chap- in chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians It's being identified as the true mature sons and daughters of Almighty God. Don't you want to be mature enough to pick up family business? Jesus said, as my father sent me, now I'm sending you. We got to grow up. We got to get strong. We got to be bold and brave. One of my, you have favorite verses. Man, I can't play a radio. It's a good thing he's got it off. He's, smart, he's smarter than he looks. Because I'd be playing around with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, I, I enjoy music. Didn't you love Don? Don and Christine, we've known them for years. Yeah. Did you know? Now, Christine, you don't mind this. This is way, way back, back there. Uh, Christine had never danced. We're at a Morningstar conference one time, and uh, this is way back there. And so uh, I'm, I'm just there hanging out. And the Lord said, uh, you see that woman over there had a beautiful dress on and high heel shoes. I said, yep, Lord, I see her. He said, I've got a word for her. I said, okay. He said, I want you to go over there to her and say, come on, I'm going to carry you up to the platform and turn you loose to dance. That, that, back then, they wasn't dancing. You understand that? They wasn't dancing. And so anyway, I thought, okay. So I go to Don, didn't, didn't know Don all that well. I said, sir, I have a word for your wife. And he said to me, do anything God tells you to do. So I go over there to Christine, beautiful dress, full, sticking out, you know, and had her high heel shoes on. And I said, hey, I'm going to carry you up there to the platform and I'm going to turn you loose to dance. God said, I'm fixing to show the body of Christ what dancing in the spirit really is. So Christine looked at me with big old eyes and said, we got a problem. I said, what problem's that? She said, I don't know how to dance. God said, the problem is you hadn't been released yet. And so that, that was the starting of prophetic dancing. And uh, isn't that something? That was a long time ago. We, we've, we've, we've had some deals, boy. I don't like when you come to church and you don't expect something new. God likes new things. I was off with Bob Jones once. We was in a, a big building like this, but it had chairs just like this. And uh, I don't usually stand up here when I'm preaching. I'll walk around and meander through the crowd. So Bob is sitting there on the front row, and so I could walk down there, and, and I got to feeling athletic. And so I got to feeling athletic, and there was an empty chair there, so I jumped up in the bottom of the chair. And I was as stable as a gymnast. And I thought to myself, I'm going to jump on the back of the chair. 
I jumped on the back of the chair. Is this right, Carolyn? She was there, jumped on the back of the chair, and listen, I was as solid as Dorothy Hamill. You know, that, that was a gymnast way back there. Wham! And I thought, man, that's something. And I jumped on the next one. I jumped not 18 rows out across this thing, landing on the back of the chairs as stable as anything. Then the anointing lifted, and I fell right in the middle of a bunch of rich-looking black people. They go, you okay? I go, probably not. Then See, God likes to do new things. Yeah. I levitated while I was preaching in Argentina. See, that's a new thing. I'm up there preaching, and then all of a sudden, I felt weightless, and I looked, and I was up about this high off the ground, and so scared the, because I'd prophesied to Rick Jordan, I said, Rick, one day I'm going to be 12 or 15 feet off the floor, standing on nothing, prophesying to the people. It would happen in that basketball arena in Argentina if, I had, if it hadn't scared me, because I had my eyes closed like this, and I was talking about the glory of God, and all of a sudden I felt weightless, and I looked, and I was up about it higher than these flowers, so I grabbed the pulpit and fell down. And those people went crazy. Uh, a stadium full of Argentinas, they come running forward and they started throwing backpacks, billfolds, purses, this deep on the platform screaming, glory, adios, you know. I thought, I thought to myself, I hope they know whose stuff is what because it, it was looked like a garage sale plus. But anyway... I like when God does something you're not expecting. He, he loves to do that. Pastor Dave talked about fire showing up in the baptistry. Yeah. We, uh, listen, I like that. I pastored a Baptist church and we was going to uh, have a baptismal service. So I'm back there getting my waiters on. And the Lord said, uh, I'm going to show up in the baptismal pool. I thought, okay. So I thought, Okay. Sunday morning in a first Baptist church. So I stepped in the baptismal pool. Whew, I barely could stand up. Oh, Lord. I had to push myself up against the back. And I thought, okay. And I was going to baptize a real old lady, an elderly lady. So I've got, I've got her there. And I got her by the back of the neck. And I said, Lord, and I'm, I'm getting ready to baptize her. She just disappears. <laughs> I had to dive down there, and she was little, but I might as well have been trying to wrestle an elephant back to the top of the water. So I had two big old guys that were, they, were, uh, they kept an eye on everything. So I said, Ronnie. So Ronnie runs up there, and the moment he touches the, the, the at baptism water, he falls in. Yeah, and so the other guy, Robert, he falls in. We got a, the little lady, me, and Larry and Robert, and the whole church goes nuts. They jump up and start running and jumping in the baptistry in their suits. Is this true? So finally, I just grabbed up hands of water and threw it. I threw it on them. The whole thing just fall over like that. Now, see, that's an abnormal baptismal service. But see, God wants to do things that change our mind about his ability to do things. He can do anything. Genesis 18, 14. Genesis 18, 14 says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Job 42, 2 says what? Job 42, 2 says, I know this, God. Anything you set your heart and your hands to do can't be stopped. Aren't you glad? 
So what we ought to do is, not my will, God, but thy will. Let him take over the service. I said that service that one time and a pastor talked to me later. He said, oh, brother, brother, I'd be so afraid just to let go and let the Holy Ghost have his way. No telling what would happen. I said, settle down, brother. I'll tell you precisely exactly what will happen. You turn loose and let the Holy Ghost have his way. Jesus will be glorified. Because Jesus said, he shall glorify me. That's the Holy Ghost is on a mission and a mandate to glorify the Lamb of God. So we need to let him do anything he wants to do with us. We were in, I don't know, was it Bulgaria when I backed off of the, backed off of the platform. I'm standing on absolutely nothing. I look down, see brown faces looking at me. So I jumped back on the platform. I said, God, what in the world was that? He said, that was me keeping you from being really embarrassed because I'd have just fell off in the, the crowd. You say, well, what caused such a roar? Well, we were doing a street ministry there in uh, Bulgaria and God started healing and the people went wild and they came running, throwing their children on the platform. Just doing, huh? traveling to Bulgaria. Wow, I like, I like when God takes over, don't you? And he, listen, He's getting us to the point where we realize we can't do a thing. And did you know this is the most crucial time in human history? And look who God's let live. I said to him, what are you thinking? It's the most crucial time in human history. I can prove it to you. I mean, listen, it it is. And I said, Lord, what, what are you thinking? Most crucial time in human history. And look who you've let live. He said, yep. I finally found me a people weak enough to work in. Not weak in morals, not weak in ethics, not weak in character, weak in our own ability. He said, I found me a generation that's embraced John 15, 5. What does that say? Without me, you can't do anything. Philippians 4, 13 says what? Through him, by him, in him, we're unstoppable. We can do anything. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I can do all things through Christ who infuses me with inner strength. If we depend upon his strength, wow. You know what he said? He said, Bobby, teach my people to take the lids of limitation off. And, and he said, I give you my personal permission to attempt to exaggerate what I'm about to do. I said to him, I'll need a verse for that. And he said to me, no problem. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or dare to imagine according to the power that works in us. Unto him be glory in the church, world without end. Amen. Listen, God can do anything. He wants you to believe that. And he wants you to be unstoppable. Isn't it Romans 8, 37? Yet amid all these things, we're unstoppable. We're more than conquerors. I like that, don't you? More than a conqueror. Well, let's look at some things. Hey, while in in my time, I wrote a book called Dread Champions. Wow. Dread Champions. Limelight warriors preparing a valiant, victorious generation of overcomers. Let me just read the little back flap for you. You want to? What do you think? Here it is. 
God created you to be a world changer, a line-like warrior, a dread champion. The entire world is poised for swift and radical change. We are coming to the end of the age. It is a season when the seeds of good and evil both come to fruit at the same time. It is time for advancement. Heaven's host stands ready to move, aiding all who seek to establish the king in his kingdom. The Spirit of God is calling forth dread champions. This is not a time Time for passive, non-committed Christianity. We are called and commissioned by Almighty God to become the, the bold, passionate, and powerful end-time army, confronting compromise and raising the standard of purity ever higher. And then it says Jude 3. You ought to study the book of Jude. Shouldn't take you long, it's just one page. <laughs> You've read Jude, haven't you? Jude said, I picked up my pen, I was going to write to you about the common salvation, but... I got possessed. That's what it says in the Greek. I got possessed. And I had to write to you that you'd earnestly contend for the faith. These are strong words. Earnestly. It means fight to the last drop of blood. We're in a struggle. Well, Jude, if I'd been Jude, I'd have started my letter a little different than his. Here's how Jude starts his letter. Jude, a common bond slave of Jesus. If I'd have been Jude, I'd have started my letter something like this. Hey! You better listen to me, I got connections. <laughs> now what kind of connections did you have? Jude and Jesus came out of the same womb. What? Jude is the half brother of Jesus Christ. They had the same mama. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have pulled that card, wouldn't you? But he said, I'm a common bond slave. Jude, you ought to read it. He said, certain men are preppy and unawares, teaching us. It doesn't matter how you live. It does matter how you live. The Bible said, pursue holiness and purity, for without holiness and purity, no man will see the Lord. Wow, that kind of narrows it down, doesn't it? Contamination is costly. It'll keep you out of fellowship with God. Wow. No wonder it says, search me, O God. One of the greatest Psalms is Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness and tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. If we dealt with those three things, it'd take us a long time. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. All of these are steps away from God. But the devil engineers them in a way where they seem benign. You understand that? Well, anyway... Dread champions, here, that's good. I've got one here. The Lord came to me and he was standing beside me and he was sad. What? The Lord came to me and he's standing beside me and Roberts, he was sad. Now he's not sad. He's the happiest man ever lived. That's what it says in the Bible. He's anointed with the oil of gladness far above his brothers. That means he's the happiest person ever lived. Psalm 16, 11 said, in the, his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand of pleasures forevermore. But he was sad. And I looked at him and he said, Bobby? I said, yes. He said, my people don't like to talk to me. The least attended service in any church is prayer meeting. And then the Lord looked at me with a twinkle, a, a wonderful brightness in his eyes. And he said, but I'm gonna give, my, I'm gonna give you a phrase that'll change the whole paradigm about prayer. It'll turn prayer from a drudgery to delight, from a duty to a desire. I said, God, I want it. I want a phrase that's gonna change people's attitude and actions towards prayer. 
He said, you tell the people what true prayer is. So I'm waiting for him to say it. He said, you tell what real prayer is. Real prayer is an audience with the king. Can you imagine that? The king of glory lays out, we can come anytime, day or night. He that keepeth thee will not slumber nor sleep. He that keep, he's available and accessible 24-7. And it's an audience with the king. And boy, so we wrote this, we wrote a whole book on prayer. The disciples never once said, Jesus, teach us to preach. Jesus, teach us to do a miracle. No, they didn't ask that. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. And we need to be taught to pray. Here, here's a great verse about prayer. Are you ready? John 16, 24. Jesus says, up until now, you've not asked. Ask now and you'll get what you're asking so that your heart will be happy. Up until now, you've not. Why now? 2 Corinthians 6, 2. Now is an acceptable time. A time of an assured welcome. A time God will hear you and help you. This is a time God wants to answer prayer. And see, we got so busy we didn't have time to pray, so God began to shut down a lot of our entertainment and got us in a nice, quiet place and just spend time with God. It's not wasted time at all, but it's time to get our marching orders. Now, uh, I'm going to tell you something. We have got to sound the alarm and awake the warriors. It's not business as usual. There's a force loose in our nation that wants to eradicate America. You cannot have Christianity and communism. They're incompatible. You like oil and water. You can't mix them. And I'm just tell you straight out: the far left wants to turn this into a communist nation. Now God don't want that. And Listen, but it's up to us. If we sit by, and it says, you remember what, you remember what Samuel said, when you, you talked about him when he came to the war, and he says his brothers, the, and, and, have, you saw, have you looked at Saul's army? They were slicked out, but they had no heart to engage. It said they were good at mustering, getting their battle stuff on, but it says in your Bible, when Goliath would come off the mountain and scream, anybody want to fight, it says, when Saul's army heard him, they trembled. When they saw him, they fled. That's the army of God. Trembling and running. And then up comes little David. And David goes, he's right there during one of the challenges. Two times a day for 40 days, that's 80 times a month. A challenge. Nobody take it. David goes, isn't there a cause? Is there not a cause? There's a cause, isn't there? I'll fight him. That's what David said. Well, he had a history. He realized the fight wasn't his, it's God's. If you ever learn that, you'll be, a, you'll be very tenacious against the enemy. The battle's not ours, it's God's. So here, here's another thing. Is there not a cause? And then you remember when Elisha stood before the people when there was this showdown between the prophets of God and the prophets of El? And the prophet said to the people of God, all right, if God is God, serve him. If he's not God, serve Baal. And it says the people answered him not a word. 
And the prophet says, how long halt ye between two opinions? Read it out of the message Bible. It says, how long will you sit on the fence? Now, you say, well, Bobby, I, I, I didn't know the election was this important. It's the most important election in America's history. You better believe me now. I tell you, the red dragon has aroused and the bear from Russia have united and they're coming after the eagle, America. And I'm telling you what, it rests with us. We better get in Joel 3, 9 and 10 quick. Joel 3, 9 says, call the warriors, get them ready. And it says, let the weak now say, I'm what? Strong, prepared and equipped for battle. Well, now, you know, brother, uh, I don't much feel like a warrior. I don't care how you feel. Get you a dose of Joshua 1.9. Be bold and be brave. Be very courageous. Go do what you're called to do because you're not by yourself. Joshua 1.9. Well, you know, Bobby, I just want to live a few good years and go on to glory. Now, we're here to establish the kingdom of God. God's looking for people he can turn this planet over to. That's true. Listen, it's amazing the authority he's given us. You have to go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1.26. You get to hear a conversation between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. What are they saying? Here it is. Let us make man in our own image. And let's give them kingdom authority. God has not vacillated from that one iota. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are roving to and fro throughout this whole earth. What are you looking for, God? I'm looking for people who have no intent but my intent. It says when I find them, I'll fully support all they put their hands to do. Psalms 110 verse 3 said in the day of God's power, his troops will volunteer freely. You're his troops and will volunteer freely. You say, Bobby, you're real serious about this. More serious than you could imagine. But I want to tell you something. I told you this just a few days ago was the Day of Atonement and the Yom Kippur when I have this visitation from Jesus. I'll tell you what. Have you ever heard a, a Huey helicopter? Okay. I've heard, I've heard a Huey helicopter. It sounds like a gnat up beside these angels that was coming. I heard the whole heavens rumbling. Just, just the other day, the whole heavens rumbling, shaking, shaking the ground. I said, God, what is this? He said, I'm sending my warring angels. If you'll stand with God, these angels will stand with you and no force can stand against you. I'm telling you, we're not in this fray by ourselves. And I'm, I, I want you to know, it, it, this is a, a decisive time. And it's not a time to be halting between two opinions. You know, I get to talk a lot to people. And I tell them, I said, I don't know how anybody could claim to be a Christian that believes in murdering babies. You? I mean, I, that baffles me. And, you know, we're supposed to stand up for the weak. And so, and then, uh, listen, uh, I'm going to just tell you, 
I'm sad to see how the Black Lives Matter movement has been hijacked. It's been hijacked by Satanists. Study the founder's life, one of the founder's lives of Black Lives Matter. And she says it almost in a coy, superior way. Yes, I've studied. I'm a, I'm a student and a follower of Karl Marx. Have you read Karl Marx? He's a Satanist. He's a Satanist. And we're going to find out this is not a battle of flesh and blood. There's a demonic force loose. And I'm, go, I'm, I'm about to wind my part down. And here, here it is. Do you want to know what act in America opened our country to all this lawlessness? You remember when our president, Donald Trump, stood and read the State of the Union, gave the State of the Union address? I mean, absolutely glorious report. Correct? Mm -hmm. No report you could, you can't match a report like that. But what happened when he finished his report? Nancy Pelosi, like a little school, rebellious schoolgirl, stands. That's what opened the gate. That's rebellion. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. I'm telling you, it was not a harmless prank. That's the highest gate of authority in our nation. And here's mockery. Here's ridicule. Here's rebellion. And I'm telling you, that's where it entered in. But I just preached a thing this week. The Bible said in the book of Proverbs, if you dig a pit for someone to fall in, you'll fall in it. If you roll a stone, it'll roll back on you. And you, you watch. No sooner did it broadcast across the nation until they found the files. Yeah, pretty wild. See, God's going to uncover every hidden work of darkness. Don't you want that? I do. I do. I want every hidden work of darkness exposed. But I'm, I'm here to tell you prophetically, we can't survive. We can't survive with the far left. They have no agenda to establish America's goodness. They want to eradicate America. And they want to make it like these communist nations that so many people are trying to run from. And if we sit by and wring our hands and go, well, I'm not concerned. You better get concerned. You and I are forging the future our grandchildren will live in. I want you to stir yourself. And you say, well, I don't feel like a warrior. It doesn't matter how you... God, I studied David's mighty men. One of the mightiest warriors I found in the Bible is little Esther. Queen Esther. What does Esther say? Woo! I'm in the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm going to do what God commissioned me to do, even if it kills me. Now, does that sound self-seeking? Little Esther. Woo! I like that girl, don't you? I'm going to do what God commissioned, called me to do if it kills me. Well, what's it going to cost me? You know, the, all, you know I, I work around a lot of people that don't believe that. You, know, you better stand up and be a light. You better be salt. You cannot afford to be mute. Stand up, speak up, shine. Well, brother, you seem a little bit excited. You know why I'm excited? I read the Bible and 
God speaking through Paul to Timothy said, fight the good fight. Now, I used to be a street fighter. That's how I got that elbow on the side of your head. That's right. Woo. I grew up quite different. I hit my brother in the head with a hammer. Stuck a claw hammer in his head, Roberts. He could whip me with his fist anytime he wanted to. But we was building my mother a porch. And I might have lipped off, you know, I don't know. But he swung me around like this was, and his left hand, he's fixing to whack me one, and I had a hammer. Somebody wrote a song about it. If I had a hammer, I, so I had a hammer and I went wham and hit him in the head right there. Stuck the hammer head in his head. Mm-hmm. That'll slow down an opponent. Anyway, I grew up kind of, and I, but Paul said in the book of Timothy, fight the good fight. Now, you never get in a street fight and get the crap beat out of you. Your eyeballs hanging down here past your cheek and go, whoo, that was a good fight. My friend happened, that a guy cut his face off, his nose fell down here. That's Chester, they had to sew his face back on. Yeah, yeah. The Bible meant it when it said the way of the transgressor is hard. We got in this street fight and this guy jerked out a knife and cut Chester all the way across here, cut his nose, it fell down here like this, every time his heart would beat. Now this is not how you give an invitation, but. <laughs> every time his heart would beat, it sounded like you're pouring out five gallons of water. <laughs> and we, I got it, Chester threw him in the back seat of a car, drove to a hospital about three o'clock in the morning, little one horse town, and the doctor came out there and he goes, well, I can't say exactly what he said, but something like, shucks! I can't sew this up. I said to him, I can't either. And he sewed Chester's face together like you sew up a feed sack. You know when they cut feed sack? And he didn't do it, he just did this, just like you sew up a feed sack. And Chester made history with it. It grew back perfect. They didn't put any kind of tendons together. They even carried him down to Houston, let plastic surgeons look at it. But Chester... He's the one that had a beard down to his, you know, and he'd pull it behind his head and tie it in a knot. We rode motorcycles. <laughs> Woo! You know, they say, that was the day. Uh, I'm not sure what day it was, but uh, when I first started preaching, the first few rows would be policemen. That's true. That's true. But oh, listen, what a change Jesus will make. And I, it's really wonderful. My wife will testify to the fact. Uh, we grew, I, I grew up rough. She didn't. She was a good, good girl. But uh, anyway. Uh, anyway, here's what I want to do. I want to ask God to deal with deception. There's a deceptive spirit moving through America causing a strong delusion where people will believe a lie and be downed. You better watch out watching in the news media. 14 years ago, I think it's 14 years ago, they asked Bob Jones a question. Well, Bob, is there a terrorist in America right now? What did Bob answer? Yes, there is. The modern day media are the terrorists in America. That's what Bob Jones said years ago. But I'm telling you, the modern day media, I'm talking about CNN, NBC, CBS, should be tried for treason. Look up the word treason an attempted overthrow of a setting government. If they're not guilty of that, I'd like to find out somebody that is. 
They have no agenda but to stop Donald Trump. But I'm going to tell you, you can't stop God's anointed. It's a serious thing to fight against God's anointing. I'm telling you. And you'd have to be way out there not to see God's hand establishing Donald Trump as the president over America. Listen. Now, one, one of the things that is, is a great plus for him right now is how he's treated Israel. And signing a peace treaty, unheard of, but you don't hear a peep about it on the news, do you? I'm telling you guys, there's just something about being God's man in God's place for God's time. And Donald Trump's that person. And I, I, I'm believing he'll be reelected, but I don't want you to be part of the 30 million. They say 30 million Christians didn't vote last election. I don't want that to be true. I want you to speak up, stand up, and make your vote counted. We can't, we can't undo this. You understand it? You say, well, no, there'll be another election. No, no. America like we've known it will be gone. And I am not willing to settle for that. That's why we're having a conference like this. God put on the pastor's heart the most repetitive word, the most repetitive name for God in this Bible is what? Lord of armies, Lord of hosts. The most repetitive name for God in this book is Lord of armies. That should be a wake up. But I'm here to tell you prophetically, he sent his angels. Whew. I'm telling you, I meant it when I told you they came roaring out of the heavens and it, it shook. You know, we need a shaking. That's what God said. He said, I'm giving you a shake up for a wake up. And then he said, when all the smoke is cleared, I'm going to bring my people to a greater glory. God wants to carry us past the glory we've known to a greater glory. Is it in the Bible? Yes, it is. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. As we behold him with an unveiled face, we're changed from one dimension of glory to the next. Whew. Don't you want that? So we got to move every veil out of the way, every hindrance out of the way, and see him like he is so we can become like him. The ultimate goal of God is to make us, conform us to the image of Christ. We're either going to be conformed to the image of Christ or conformed to the image of the world. That's what it says in the book of Romans. I want Christ, don't you? Well, anyway, some of the greatest warriors I know are women. I, the prayer warriors. I got caught up into heaven. This is the absolute truth. God caught up into heaven. And uh, the Lord does something like I did something like that and pushed back the heavens. And he showed me a little bitty feeble woman little feeble woman, and she's down at a rocking chair on her knees, and her little hands are gnarled like this. She's gray-haired and very fragile, and she's praying. And so help me, God. The Lord said, Bobby, you see that woman praying? I said, yes, Lord. And he looked at me all the way through me, and he said, I want you to know that woman on her knees at that chair has more power Available to her than all the combined armies of the world put together. That, that is something. That's an initiative to prayer. That little woman had more power than all the armies assembled together. 
prayer can do anything God can do, and God can do anything. Yeah. But he's chosen to do it when we call upon him. So I hope you'll get into prayer and let prayer get into you. Listen, are you ready for promotion? Are you? God wants to give you a promotion. I don't know what you've done, something you did in private, please God. So you're going to get a promotion, okay? A spiritual promotion. You believe God will see you in secret and award you openly? But are you going to get a promotion spiritually? That'll be a good thing. God wants to promote us all, don't you think? What does he want to promote us to? Champions. Champions. Unstoppable champions. Well, you say, no, Bobby. You know, I got a lot of difficulties. You know what you need to do with every one of them? Isaiah 55, 22. Cast them on the Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Learn to me. I'm weak and, I'm meek and lowly. And you'll find rest for your souls. You don't, you were not equipped to carry all the load. He's our advocate. He's our burden barrier. And it? it says, casting all your care upon him. He'll lift it, won't he? Well, that's good. Well, I, I feel a lot of stuff going on in here about healings. Listen, God, God, it says in multitudes, that means a bunch of them believe when they saw the miracles God did. God's just going to pull the lid off when it comes to miracles. Arms are going to grow out. I got caught up into heaven, David, and I saw arms, legs, eyes. It looked like a mannequin factory. I said, God, what is that? He said, it's what you can have if you'll believe me. Arms, legs, eyes. I am standing here tonight and I'm prophesying there's going to be a day when these veterans that have had their arms and their legs blowed off are walk in a church and they won't have to walk out on a titanium leg. They'll walk out on the real thing. You watch it. God, if God said, you can have that if you'll believe me. I, I, I want to believe him to the point that he can do anything. Nothing's impossible with him. Is it? No. No. Wow. I hear a whole troop of people and they're stomping through what sounds like in Texas we'd call it a marsh or a slough. I said, Lord, what is this? I'm talking about right now. What is this? It ain't a swamp you're marching through. It's honey. He said, he'll bathe your feet with honey. Said, and the rocks will pour forth oil. Even the hardest situation, you're going to be walking through honey. Have you ever read about honey in the Bible? Oh, man, it strengthens the eyes and gives you a great resolve. It says, he'll cause you to siphon honey from the rock. Some of the hardest, that's Deuteronomy 32, 13. Some of the hardest situations, if you put out some effort, will flood with oil. That stomping through the honey is out of the book of Job. When I wash my feet in butter, the rocks poured forth oil. Okay. Let's get out of here. Y'all want to? I'm going to have a book signing after a while. God told me, said, I want you to sign books. I said, I don't sign books. He said, you do now. <laughs> so I stood up and told my wife, I said, we're going to have a book signing. She said, I didn't know we signed books. I said, we do now. <laughs> the first book I ever signed 
uh, I, I, I wrote it to a lady. It's pretty wild. But anyway, we'll give prophetic words. When I sign your book, I'll give you a verse. I like verses nobody ever looks at. And I'll sign you one of these strange verses. The bed's too short. The cover's too narrow for a person to lay down in. That's in the Bible. Talks about the foolishness of trying to, it'd be like me trying to lay on this pulpit and cover it with my handkerchief. And it says people that are trying to fix their own salvation, that's how foolish that is. Isn't that something? I, I got verses. Yeah. A lot of verses in here. I like verses nobody ever. Carolyn, you got anything you want to say to the people? I can. I can tell them hello. Good. They're off up there in Richland Hills. They're, most of them are students in the Todd White School up there. And Todd's got these big old dreadlocks. Isn't that wild? Uh, I, I, they were inviting me up there to teach. And uh, I went through a, a Walmart and saw a big old mop. And I thought, I ought to put that on and act like I got dreadlocks, but I didn't do it. But I am, I'm creative like that, you know. Uh, I have a way of blending in. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Yeah. Don't you know I blend in with some of these uh, real uh, kind of uh, sophisticated people? Yeah. But God told me one time, he said, you amuse me, boy. That's what he told me. You amuse me, boy. And uh, so anyway, so we, we greet those guys, and uh, listen, I want us to put our whole heart in this thing, and I want us to love God with everything in us. Lord, I ask that you would raise up the warriors. I ask that you'd make us all dread champions. I ask that you'd put in our heart this desire not to sin, not to get into, condemn, get into contamination, but to come out and be clean and pure that bear the vessel of the Lord. And I pray right now that the warriors will be awakened and you'll equip us for battle and that we will stand and say, the weak now declares, I'm strong. Say it, I'm strong. Let the weak, Joel 3, 9. Let the weak declare, I'm strong. Now let me tell you about the devil. He don't know whether you mean it or not. He's a legalist. Only thing he can operate on is what he hears. So if you get up in the morning, you look yourself in the mirror and say, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. The devil has to go, whoa, something's happened to Bobby. <laughs> See, he's a legalist. He only operates on what he hears. But if you get up and go, man, I got some issues. I don't know if I'll ever get through. No, that's giving him an open door. The power of life and death is right here. Well, I've had a good time. It's kind of, wow, it's half the night. Well, anyway, here's you an anointing if you want it. He said, go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do when you get there. I give him an anointing out of Hebrews. And, and he says, it says, you want to hear it? All right, I, I'll give it to you. I, I'll give it to you out of the book so you'll go, well, that is in there. Yes. All right, let me find it. Just a moment. It's, it's pretty wild. Okay. I've enjoyed this night. I enjoyed this place. Uh, I believe we're going to have a big old open air meeting out here one of these days. Scare the Scare the spirit realm. All right. All right, here we go. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who is the author, and I'll slow down. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead the Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting, never failing covenant, make you perfect. Give you everything you need to accomplish the task you're sent to do. That's Hebrews 13, 20, and 21. Strengthen and complete and perfect you and make you what you ought to be. Equip 
equip you with everything good that you might carry out his will. So I want you to receive that, okay? He said, if you will do what I tell you to do, I'll give them, whether they want it or not, that anointing. I said, God, how can I tell them they'll get it whether they want it or not? He said, you can get around somebody contagious and you can be infected. All right, you understand that? So you're going to get this kind of anointing. And I'll tell you something, you're going to get what you're asking. This guy right here, you said, how long, how long? He's, while you're asking, he's going to answer. And, he, and he, he's going to do something with your lineage line, okay? And it says, Isaiah 44, 3 and 4 says, I'll pour water upon him that is thirsty, floods upon dry ground. I pour my spirit on your descendants, and they will spring up like willows by a fertile river. So you're hungry and thirsty and seeking after God, and it's going to show up in your, in your lineage line, okay? That'll be good. That'll be good. Yeah. People go, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. God wants to bless your family. Yeah, he will. That verse is Isaiah 44, 3 and 4. I will pour water upon him that's thirsty. Floods upon dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your sons and your daughters and they will spring up like willows by a fertile river. You're hungry and desperate. You are or you wouldn't be in a meeting out here like this. Well, let's, I'm going to see at the book table. David, you got anything we need to do? Okay, I'm headed there. I'm on the way now. Great job, Bobby. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Don and Christine, for being with us.